Welcome to Becoming Church, the podcast where we discuss how the message and movement of Jesus is not just about becoming Christians, but about becoming the church. I'm your host, Kristen Mockler-Young, and I'm so glad you are joining the conversation. Welcome back again to the Becoming a Church podcast. Today, I've got my friend Rachel Wade with me, and we're going to talk, well, about you. We're going to talk about God's dream for your life, how he wants you to be part of his story, and how he does actually, in fact, like you as a person. So we hope this encourages you and helps you to see yourself like God sees you. All right, Rachel, it's so great to have you with us today. How are you doing? Oh, so good. I am so grateful to be here with you, Kristen, and excited for our conversation today. Me too. Me too. In full transparency, I have to tell the listeners, you and I tried to do this, I don't know, like a month <laughs> ago. <did>. And <laughs> truly, did. first it was like a kid has a doctor's appointment and then a kid had to get picked up sick from school and then Zoom wouldn't work. And then there was no sound. And we had like... Listen, it just, it just wasn't supposed to happen for whatever reason that day. And, and the internet wouldn't let us be great. Yes. So, 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 here, so here we are, but I'm, I'm excited that we're finally doing this, Kristen. It means so much to me. Yes, me too. And today's the day. Today is Today's the day. The day. <laughs> Let's jump right in on your website. I love this. Actually, you have given, I think you gave yourself the title of mm. chief encouragement officer. Is that right? Did you give yourself this? Title? That's I did give myself the title. You know, <laughs> I love this is, it. This is the cool part about being a founder of your own of your own thing. You're like, what do I call myself? <laughs> uh, but I thought that like CEO was way too boring. Um, but it's really my role. It's I hold space for women to tell their everyday in process stories of God's goodness and faithfulness. Faithfulness, and I believe that God has set me here to encourage other people. Period. Um, especially women of God. And so it seemed fitting to say that I'm, we're going to encourage the mess out of you in this space, but I'm going to be the chief encourager. So there you go. I love it so much. Now, did this start, is this something that you were already doing kind of in your life with women that you, you know, physically were around, or is this something that you did just start on the internet? Like, let's go. Well, you know what? I think it's both and Kristen. Okay. So I would say that I can see the thread throughout my life of how God's called me to encourage uh, women, whether that's been in the medical field or whether that's been in event planning or nonprofits. I've kind of done a whole bunch of things. Okay. Um, so that's been a thread, but you know how it appears and how God leads us uh, in our different assignments and seasons. That's the fun of it. And so for this season, the assignment is to create this space called All of Us, and it started on the internet and now has, you know, morphed into a blog and a podcast. And I, I just love every bit of allowing women to tell their in-process stories. That's awesome. Well, talk to me about All of Us. Um, I know I have jumped on to like Instagram lives or interviews sure. that I've seen you do. I've, I've been all up in the blogs and all of that too, but explain <laughs> yeah. to our listeners what All of Us, well, and first of all, it's not all of Yes, that's us. a good start. It's mm -hmm. Olive mm -hmm. Us. Yeah. So I'll take you, I'll take you and the listeners back just a, a little bit, but I don't yes. know about you, Kristen, or whoever's listening, but for me, God doesn't just give me the whole thing in one dream sure. or one, <laughs> one word. Wouldn't so, that be easier? Um, right. I know. Like, here you go. Like, <laughs> here's what you're supposed to start. 
uh, doesn't work for me like that. I'm not saying it doesn't work for other people, but for me, um, this baby, this dream that God gave me has happened over a course of years. And so uh, that starts with me leaning into how God's made me to be and getting free from a bunch of stuff that entangled me as a camper at, at Camp Well. And then that created me to be able to actually dream and say, well, God, who am I? And what do you want me to do with how you've made me? And so from there, reading in scripture, falling in love with the olive tree, coming to um, Psalm 52, one of these days, Kristen in it saying that we are like the green olive tree, that we are in the house of the God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever. And I just was like, honey, I, I mean, I yelled it out to my husband while I was vacuuming one day. I was like, <laughs> whatever I do, I was like, I would love to incorporate the olive tree because just like it. the olive tree, um, it's connected root system deep down into the soil to its source, which is water. It just reminded me of our relationship with God, that when we are connected to God, who is our source and connected to one another, like the root system, that we can not only withstand drought-like conditions like the olive tree, but we can flourish. And I was like, that's it. That's us. And in my notes, I had three words, all of us. And then I have a dear friend of mine that I was kind of shooting the, this mission to. And she's like, wait a minute, Olive, you're in love with the olive tree. All of us. She's, she's like the pun queen, I say. Uh, and she's like, you've got the name. So, <laughs> so that's the name. But I just knew I wanted to sit down with everyday women and just allow them to tell um, and I keep saying the in-process story because often, Kristen, we hear of these mountaintop stories, right? And we need to hear them, you know, of how yeah. here I, here's how, where I was and God, you know, brought me through and look at how I, here, this is where I'm at. Yay. Hallelujah. And those yes. are great. But when we are in the thick of it and when we are dealing with chronic pain or when we're grieving or when we are trying to have a baby and don't know if it's coming, I mean, the in-process nitty gritty life. We need to hear the stories of other women and men of God that are going to say, yep, I'm dealing with chronic pain. I don't know if God's going to heal me physically in this lifetime, but here's how he's meeting me. Here's how my faith has been encouraged. Here's how I've been strengthened. I think there's so much power in that story. And so those are the stories that I'm going to tell. Those are the stories that I hold space for at all of us. Yeah, I definitely, like you said, I think the mountaintop stories, the wins, the successes, those give us hope. Those encourage yes. us on those Absolutely. tell us like, Hey, God does actually show up and keep his promises, but I'm with you. It is those when I'm in it, when yes. I'm like in it, I'm like, good yes. for you. Who mm -hmm. is in it with me also though, because yes. that's what I need. Someone that can, I mean, I'm for a, for an audio podcast here. I am like using visuals, but you know, <laughs> so am I. I'm like putting like an arm on either side of, so I need somebody to help me walk through it. And so, yeah, yes. those in process stories, mm -hmm. it does, it makes us feel less alone, I think. And yes. it makes other people relatable. I think it makes Jesus more relatable and approachable mm -hmm. when we can yeah. see how he's working in other people's lives in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so Kristen, so much too, you know, our minds and our memories, I mean, there's so much research out there about short-term versus long-term memory and how long it takes for a memory to actually move into a long-term memory. And the, the short of it is we have these memories that, I mean, we remember something and then it goes away. 
And so again, falling in love with even recounting in the Bible and how God tells us to remember, remember, I mean, how often did he say, you know, remember your father, Abraham, remember, remember Isaac, remember, you know, he was telling Moses this at the burning bush and, you know, Joshua, as he's going over the Jordan river, he's like, tell your children's children. Like we see this all throughout scripture, the feasts, the festivals, God knows how he created us to be. And he knows how our minds work. And he knows that we have to continue to remind each other of what he's done in each other's lives, but then also his power. And so while we tell these stories, like at all of us and other places, they are powerful because they remind us of who God is. And it reminds us of what he's done, either in eyes or in someone else's life. So storytelling is super powerful and it's all throughout scripture. And we just model that um, at all of us. That's just what we're doing. We're just, this is nothing new that I've created. This is just what God modeled for all of us. Sure. And it allows storytelling to allows us to be part of his story. It That's allows right. us to go, Hey, God did this through me or is saying this mm -hmm. to me for mm -hmm. you maybe, or, or he said it yes. to me. I have always said, if God reveals something to me, I am not to keep that to myself. I agree. I might write it in a blog post that mm -hmm. ain't nobody ever going to read, but at least yeah. it's out there. And maybe yep. one day the person Googles the exact right words, the exact right feelings, and they'll find it. And I may never know, mm -hmm. but I've always thought this is a way for me to be not just used by God, but to be able to get to be part of his story. Sometimes I don't like nice. the terminology of like God using us. Cause I yeah. think to outsiders, to some people, it sounds like, oh, we yeah. just have this God that wants to use mm -hmm. and abuse or puppeteer, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. yeah, but really a privilege and an honor. Yeah. And you brought something up. that's really important. Uh, I think for listeners today is that sometimes the recounting, the telling of stories is for other people. It is for a blog. It is for a podcast. It's at church. It's one-to-one -one, uh, in a small group or whatever, but sometimes it's just so we can remember and it's just between us and the Lord. So that might look like journaling and writing down, you know, how God's been faithful in your life. In my family, we do something called a blessings box where we write down like when God's been good and faithful in our lives. And that's just for our family. And so recounting, you know, I believe it should be a practice that we implement as followers of Jesus, but it sometimes is just for us and him. And then sometimes it's for the masses, but either way, yeah. it's important that we do it. It is. When I noticed one of my favorite things that I saw when I looked at the all of us website or when I've seen your social media is the diversity of faces that are mm -hmm. represented, not just in race or ethnicity, but like shape, age, stage, season of life. So that mm -hmm. had to be intentional. So talk to mm -hmm. me about how you choose the people that you kind of highlight there. Yeah. So Kristen, I love this story because it's just an only God um, situation. Mm -hmm. I know people can't see me right now, but I am a black and a Japanese woman. So I'm mixed race. I grew up um, in the Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas, and I grew up in a, a suburb where I was, I mean, it was very few people of color, period. Um, and the majority were white people. And I give you that backstory to say that my background and my upbringing did not include a lot of people that looked like me just based upon my location. And even off into college in Cincinnati, Ohio and wherever God's really brought me, I didn't really have this diverse group of individuals that were around me. And so fast forward, we've lived in San Francisco for almost nine years. It's predominantly Asian here. Again, not that many black people. And so when I started all of us, I was like, God, 
I was like, I have my Southern roots. I know a lot of white people in my life. I know a lot of Asian people, but this is my heart for this ministry. I want it to look like, and I specifically started praying for the type of women that I wanted God to bring Amazing. into my ministry. And specifically older black women is what I really, really wanted because I didn't have too many in my life. And the way that God has brought these women into this ministry has been organically, has been only God's stories. And that's really how it's started to happen, Kristen. So it was just a prayer and a vision of like, this is what this will look like. I had to make a point to say, I don't want it to be a certain way because if I just did what I was comfortable with or what was just around me, it would probably look like a lot of women really in the 35 to 45 age range, which is what I am, right. and not younger voices, you know, not older voices, not single, not, you know, married and right. the whole thing. And so lots of prayer, but lots of vision casting. And then me as a leader, where it starts to say, this is what this will look like, because otherwise I'm not going to do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I like that you even said it takes intentionality. Like it, yes, yes, it started with a prayer. And I think I just, I don't know. I like to picture God like up in heaven, wherever he is. I know he's right in our <laughs> presence, but sometimes I just yeah. like to picture God, like looking down at us. And sometimes he's laughing at me and sometimes he's proud of me and whatever, mm -hmm. but I can just imagine like you praying this prayer and him mm -hmm. just smiling and being like, yes, Rachel, because this is exactly mm -hmm. what heaven looks like. And so I just yeah. see him being so happy to answer mm -hmm. this prayer for you. Of, me too. I'm absolutely going to help your ministry look on earth like it does in heaven, you know? Mm, yeah. And I'm just so grateful, um, Kristen, because this is a picture of heaven and yeah. this is what I love to teach and preach about. You know, I love the Acts 2 church. I love going back to what his original intent for community and um, Christianity and just what he wanted for us. Um, I feel like we have shifted so far from that. And that is my heart's desire is to be a part of getting us back to the original intent of the church. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Acts 2 church. A lot of our listeners are Jesus followers. They're familiar yeah. with scripture. Some of them are like, I love Jesus, but I'd never opened my Bible. And some mm -hmm. of them honestly are still trying to figure out what they believe about God and faith. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they're here to join in these conversations and kind of get thinking. So kind of give us a summary of what the Acts 2 church is. Yeah. So I grew up in the church, but I would, would say that not until the last two or three years that I passionately like plead before the Lord of like, God, am I important to you? Like as a black mm -hmm. woman, as a teacher, as a leader, someone who loves to teach the word of God, like you tell me, you know, like, what is the church supposed to look like? Cause I need you to show me cause the, yeah. the exterior, the external is not, is not telling me that I'm important, that I'm loved and that I'm valid by you. So as I went to the scriptures to wrestle with all of that, Kristen, I really found a new love for acts in general, the book of acts. And so mm -hmm. acts two at the very beginning, you know, it's like, and this is what I love too about God is that he'll, he'll show you, you know, like if yep. you ask him, he'll show you. And he did. And so I fell in love with even how the acts two at the beginning, it talks about how like every nation under heaven, you know, like they were there when the Holy spirit came down yeah. and then it goes on at the end of acts two, which I love even more is where it talks about how, um, it says all who believed were together and had all things in common. And I said, Hmm, wait a minute. In the beginning, it said, yeah, it said that they were, you know, a multicultural church essentially, but, but now right. you're telling me that they were 
all the same. And as I begin to really dig into that and break it down, they were all the same because they were giving to one another. They were um, supplying each other's needs. They were meeting together. They were going to church together. They were breaking bread together. They were mm -hmm. hospitable to one another. And then it goes on to say that the Lord added to their number um, day by day, like that number increased. And I thought that's where it is. It's the Holy Spirit that unified them. Therefore, they did have all favor different, but then they were they were the same. And that to me was all I needed to read, Kristen, because I was like, this is it. Like, this is what the church is supposed to look like. We are supposed to look different, but we are supposed to be unified through the Holy Spirit. And these are the different things that unify us. So I loved it. I loved, loved, loved reading about that. So that's just a little bit about Acts 2 that I just fell in love with and believe that's how God wants us, to, what he wants us to get back to. That's great. And I think too, hopefully this will even encourage people who are, I know a lot of people right now are looking for churches. Um, maybe they've left a church that they were with for a long time and they're kind of wrestling with the pain or the discomfort of yeah. trying to find a new place, figuring out where they're supposed to land. And even that idea, and some people may argue with me and say that as believers, you know, we should all be the same nationwide, countrywide, globally, whatever. I think, yes, there is something to that, but also this same idea, like you were saying about being essentially the same in mind, the same in belief, yeah. the same in perspective. Um, I think that's where hopefully we can give encouragement to people that are looking for a church. Like if you mm -hmm. felt like you had to leave a place or you felt like yeah. you had to leave a community that didn't work for you, mm -hmm. there are others out there. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. And I think taking the time to heal First of all, I see you and I hear you. Yes, we hear sure. you and see you. Um, and, and God has grace for all of that. But yes. um, I think healing is necessary um, individually and corporately. And I I know and my heart is, is that we get when we if we get back and just turn our hearts and our minds and our focus back to what God intended for the church, then we can start to heal. And I believe a lot of that healing has to come um, from the outside in. And what I mean by that is, you know, other places um, that are also doing the good work of teaching and preaching the word of God and loving on all different types of people. And one of those places that I that I, I really think does that is um, the Well Summit in Camp Well, where I serve a lot. It's like we've got people from all over the place, different local churches that are coming together for one purpose, and we're doing healing so that they can go back to their local churches, wherever they may be, and be a part of what that healthy church could look like. Um, some of them may be starting that church, or some of them may be going back to a church with a voice and saying, you know, I want to be a part of the healing that needs to take place. But um, I do believe that some of that healing can come from the outside and go back into the local church. Oh, for sure. And I, we're going to get to camp well in just a second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I like that you even mentioned church leaders, because I think that mm -hmm. sometimes the narrative right now is for the people who are searching for the people who have left, like you said, heal, but then hurry up and like find your home. And I think as, I mean, I'm a church staffer, I'm a pastor. And mm -hmm. I think that the message needs to be a little bit more towards the pastors and the church staffers to go, Hey, not everybody is going to be for you. And That's not right. everybody is going to be for your community and your vision mm -hmm. and your way of representing Christ and your way mm -hmm. of, um, being the church. And that's okay. And it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they're wrong. Right. Right. But right. we got to hold people with open hands. And if they decide yeah. that there's another place that better fits their expression mm -hmm. of Jesus, 
Yeah. They're, they're still in a local church. It's okay. Yes. Right. Right. And we're I not think competing that, here. Right. Exactly. I was just about to say that, like, we're not competing. And I think that we start to show our real humanness, um, as leaders, specifically those that are, um, you know, like a, st- a staff member at a church is when we hold too closely, when we grip too tightly, it's a great opportunity for us to say, Ooh, uh, was this starting to be more about me or was this yes. about Jesus? You know, and we can all do that no matter what your vocation, no matter what your title is, we can all hold on to things and or people too tightly. And so see that as a gift whenever we do that. And we're like, okay, God, like I surrendered that person. It's time for them to go to another church, you know, yep. like, Wherever it is, Lord, if they're serving you and they're doing, you know, they need to be called elsewhere, then I let them go and I love them as they leave. Right. And it doesn't mean it's not hard. I mean, that's right. It can be hard when people leave. Everything can be hard (laughs) and it hurts, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad. That's right. You know, that's right. That's right. All right. So talk to me. Camp Well has come up a couple of times and Mm -hmm. I, I need you to explain this to me because I thought it was a camp, but then I was looking (laughs) online and I, it was like a six month (laughs) online experience. I'm like, yeah, what is this? Yeah, it's so cool. I, you know, Kristen, it is one of the, I mean, the greatest things that God's ever called me to be a part of. Um, I feel so humbled and honored to be a part of it. Um, My friend, Jinjet Barrett started it. We weren't even friends at the time. That's another God story for another day on how I kind of became to be involved, but it's just a four day soul care retreat. That's in the middle of an online six month experience. So you get time on the front end, you have the time in person, and then you have a time on the back end, but it's just a way to just reflect and refocus and reset on the things of God and to be with his people. So it's about 45 women um, that get together in the mountains of Colorado for that in-person experience or online. Um, and it's really, you know, when we, if those that sit in attention of being too much and not enough, so you fall somewhere mm. on that. <laughs> um, yep. I'm smack in the middle. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it, you just get good, true soul rest. You get to un, you get the time and the space to to grieve if you need to, um, and get free from some of the things that maybe have shackled you. And you know, like I said in the beginning of this interview, like I was a participant, a camper several years ago, and that is what I needed to be free from a lot of mess that entangled me, and to really get in tune with how God made me to be. Um, and it's amazing what can be unleashed on the other side of, of you knowing who God is, what he thinks about you, getting the rest that you need and seeing how he specifically made you to be. And from there, you just get unleashed and go crazy. You want, my friend <laughs> says, uh, my friend Jen says, free people, free people. And that's the truth. That's cool. Okay. So who is it for? Is it for somebody who feels like they have an internal wrestling? Is it for somebody that feels like they have a dream or a purpose or a thing they're chasing after. Like who, how do you know if you should sign up? Everybody, everybody. Yeah. And I think (laughs) it's for everybody. I mean, I think you can find yourself like when I came, I didn't have a dream. I just wanted some rest. I was burnt out from ministry and I was a mom of two young babies. And so for me, my why was different than say another girl's why. Um, God, he meets us in those mountains and in that experience. And it's amazing what's on the other side of that. I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle, Kristen, but yeah, it's for, it's for everyone, every age, every woman, um, no matter where you're at in your faith journey, it's, it's for you. That's awesome. Okay. So the six months, like the before and after, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. it like a weekly, like small group zoom call? 
Yeah. So it is, um, we have a platform um, on Mighty Networks and we release content. So you're working. Uh, you're, you have content that's on the front end that you need to do. Uh, and there's interaction among the entire group. And then you get assigned to um, a counselor there, which is what we call it, which is, which is my role. And you get an even more intimate group within that group. And then we meet in Colorado for, for those four days and then you have post work. And so there is definitely a give and take of content sharing, but then also just growth that you have to show up to. You have to arrive to want to get to know yourself. And so I love that. I love, I love every bit of it. We hold your hand through it all. It's pretty fun. Okay. Oh, I love the, the hand holding visual. Mm -hmm. This is definitely, so you need to be, if you're already like overworked, stressed out, busy, don't have time for anything, maybe push this off a little bit. Like it's going to take some, some time and some energy. A little bit, but I wouldn't let the, I mean, it's, you can do the work. Like it's not, it's okay. not overwhelming or overbearing by any means. Um, yeah. So well, I think it's, listen, I think it's for every stage. Tell me how to get in because there's a wait list. Girl, I might know someone. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> yeah, I think the best way to just kind of know when we when we do it twice a year. Um in the oh, spring. You do? Yeah, okay. in the spring and then in the fall. And so we the best way to kind of understand when to sign up, where to go, what to do is when we release registration is our our um newsletter. And so you can go to the wellsummit.com and sign up for the newsletter and we'll let you know. And then it's kind of a free-for-all on the day that we open up the the registration, I but see. Okay. it's fun. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll link all of that up in the show notes too. So if yeah. anybody wants to check it out, sign up all of that. All right. So in the meantime, for those of us who are waiting in the wings on the <laughs> wait list, <laughs> is there anything we can do now? Is there anything that you would want to tell the people that are listening that can just kind of encourage them or mm -hmm. give them something practical or applicable? Yeah. I would say that the way God made you and who he made you to be is, is on purpose and it's not by mistake. I think often, especially with social media and the way the world works is, you know, we want to be the most popular. We want to have the most followers, you know, and, and that's just not the way the kingdom of God works. All of us are significant. We are all a masterpiece. That's what he said to us in Ephesians. And he had works planned for us way before the beginning of time. He knew the plan for each of us. And so with that being in mind, you are not a mistake. You are a masterpiece and you showing up authentically the way that you are, that cannot, it cannot stop or derail the plans that he has for your life. And so if you can get free from what the world says is important and what you need to have in order to gain the things, if you can get free from that and fight to believe what's true about you, you will see so much freedom and have so much peace on the other side of that. And so lean in to God and lean into how he made you. And then second, I would say um, to bring other people along. You know, I mean, God, when Jesus came, he didn't do his ministry alone. He brought other, a ragtag group of individuals along with him. And that's, that's who we are. And so as you get free and as you fight to, you know, have the endurance to finish the race well, you bring other people along and you encourage them. And that could be people that are like you or not like you, but we know that we're called to love extravagantly and to show up for people. And I think that if we can just focus right here with the blinders on and stay in our lanes, uh, we will not only stay free and get free, 
but we will bring other people along and we will have fun and have so much peace doing it. So just start, start in your home. You know, I mean, we try to make yeah. it just a huge thing, but the people that are in your home, the people that are in your communities, your small groups, your local churches, wherever you are, um, be present and be all in for them. And if God wants to expand your territory, then so be it, be ready right. for it. But, but really it's just, it's just, just keep it small and just keep it with him and know who you are. I think the rest will kind of just unfold. Yeah. Well, it even goes back to what we said earlier, you know, when God shows you something, share it with somebody else. Like you said, that's right. somebody in your house and you're at work, whatever. Mm -hmm. I love Rachel that you talked about the very first thing you said was for people to know who they are and to recognize mm -hmm. that they are a masterpiece of God. And mm -hmm. I think for some people already, they're like, whoop, got to stop right there. I mean, I mm -hmm. spent multiple years in therapy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just trying to accept that because yep. when I was proud of an accomplishment, when I was proud of the person mm -hmm. I was becoming, when mm -hmm. I was proud of whatever I saw it as only pride, which was a negative mm -hmm. thing. And mm -hmm. then it just immediately mm -hmm. turned back around on, you know, what a prideful, selfish person I was. Um, mm -hmm. I really struggled for a long, long time to mm -hmm. not only see that I was good. I also grew up mm -hmm. really just believing that, you know, there's all different theories on this, but that, yeah. um, people were bad and broken and terrible and that God couldn't even look at me because I was so mm. sinful and mm. just that kind of, that's the, the yep. God that I thought that I was serving, you know? And so mm -hmm. it took a lot of time and a lot of years to come through and go, no, yeah. he actually loves me mm -hmm. as I am right now. Like I don't have to be yes. perfect and yeah. he is proud of me and he created mm -hmm. me this way. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I think you some people a, even yeah. need to start there. Yeah, you're right. And you bring up a great point, Kristen, is that sometimes these old scripts come back to, they flare up is what I say. Like they come back to where they were like, oh, wow, I thought I was like through with that. Or I thought I went to therapy and that's all done and I'm healed and finished. And yes. no, this is, this is a, an ongoing, I say fight to the end um, mm -hmm. until we're face to face with our savior. We're going to have these old scripts from our past. You know, like I, for me, it's abandonment. It is um, feeling insignificant. And so I feel like, oh, I'm good. Like, I know I'm significant. I know Jesus loves me. And then something will happen. And I'm like, oh God, do you love me? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is just a clear example of how, number one, the enemy knows those things about us and he'll try to weasel his way in. But two, how we have to continuously be reminded who we are in God. And it's not just a one and done, you know, approach. You know, it is continuing the mental health therapy if you need it. It is staying in the word. It is having in individuals around you that are gonna remind you of truth. Like it's not just one thing and it's not just for a short time. I believe yeah. we all are on this journey of emotional and spiritual health and how we never arrive. <laughs> like, right, sorry, right. you know, like, I, I right. say, well, once you have been following Jesus for 30 years, you're, you good, you know, or once you've been in therapy for six months, you're good. Like, that's just not right. the way that it works. It is a yeah. lifelong journey. And sometimes I believe we, we will be very, you know, confident and strong in our faith, but often we will be wrestling with our faith and often we'll be reminded of an old script that we have to continue to take back to the Lord and say, God, no, but you're with me, right? Like, you know, right. I am in port right or whatever it might be for the listener today that's thinking about, you know, the things that may hold them back. So continuous journey to try not to, to beat yourself up off, up, up off of where you're at 
And a good friend of mine, she reminds me that, you know, he, God is our good shepherd. And when we think about a shepherd and his sheep, it's, he not only will go after you if you run straight, but he's never going to leave you. Like you're always going to be somewhere in his sight. And even if you have to go back to him over and over again, he wants to be with us and he's never abandoning us. And so I don't know. I, I like to think of things very visually. And so for me, I'm like, yes, he is my good shepherd. I am his sheep. And to know that he never tires of us, you know, like the sheep wander, but then what does he do? He goes and gets them and he brings them right back. Yeah. And, and it's just a continuous cycle. This is what he does day in and day out. Um, and so, yeah, I hope that that frees somebody up today. Yeah. Well, and the same, you know, the scriptures also tell us that the sheep know his voice and that yes. is something, two things. One, I'm constantly going, God, is this you? Like when I hear mm -hmm. the voices, when I hear the thing, I'm like, mm -hmm. does this align with your character, your heart? Does this sound like your voice? And also then to give myself grace, like you said, it takes time yes. and it's yeah. lessons to learn over and over and giving ourselves mm -hmm. grace of going not, oh my gosh, we're the worst because yeah. we fell for it again, but okay. Yeah. I didn't get yeah. in quite as deep this time in the hole mm -hmm. and now it's going to be easier to come back out, give mm -hmm. myself grace, move forward. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I totally am with you. And for those that are leaders, which I believe is everyone in some capacity, but you know, I think there's that um, tendency to think, oh, well, I have to have it all together at all times, and especially if you're in ministry. <laughs> and yep, it's like, I'm out, no. guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just sit me down now. But I mean, you know, uh -huh. as, I'm lead, as I'm leading a group of individuals at Camp Well this last spring, I'm having feelings of insignificance while I'm here trying to, you know, so I just yeah. you know that like, it is like, we are all in the same spot. It just looks different. And we're right. all battling things. Um, but to continue to go to the father and be honest in your leadership, like this is what I'm struggling with. I think that that in itself, that vulnerability, um, God can meet people through the leader's vulnerability often. Um, so to be open to that, if you're a leader today. Yeah. When you're a leader in a lot of capacities, we talked about some of them, you know, chief encouragement officer and a dream <laughs> defender. I know you're also a mom and a wife. I think you're a small group leader. Yeah. Um, what is your current favorite leadership role? Mm. I would think, well, I, I would say my favorite role right now at the age that they are is being a mom. Um, ages seven and four. And right now I'm really starting to have some really cool conversations with them. Yeah. And I'm seeing just, I mean, I knew it, but I'm seeing just how important my role is as mom and disciple, like to Maya and Caleb, like how that is my most important role. Yeah. And, um, I'm loving that. I'm loving having conversations with them just about real deal stuff that they're experiencing in the world. And, how that correlates with the Bible. And like, I just, I love seeing all that happen in my home and being a part of it. And it just reminds, reminds me of how significant that parental role is um, and where really it all starts. It's like, God's called me in my home. And uh, I would say right now in this season, that's my, that's my most favorite role um, although I, I do love all my roles right now, Kristen, <laughs> but that is, yeah. that is my favorite, but I do love all the other ones too. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's great. That's a great season of life where you're like, I'm doing a lot of yes. things, but I'm yeah. thriving and happy with all of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Stay in that. Yeah. Stay in that. Yeah. We'll see. So, you know? <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, we all go up and down, but cherish it for in the moment, you know? Right. Yes, for sure.
So for someone listening who feels like they don't have lots of roles or titles, Mm -hmm. you know, the podcast is called Becoming Church. So how can you, what would you say to encourage that person, that listener to be the church uh, where they are? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say in addition to kind of what we talked about earlier, like being very clear on like who you are in Christ and remembering that you are a masterpiece, it would just be to be present where God has planted your feet. Um, I think that we can make it way big and way like, oh, I can't do that. Or how do I show up? And it's like, just be present wherever he takes you. So if you're in the grocery store, or if you're in your home or your neighborhood or in a small group or at your local church to just be so present where God plants your feet. I think that if you do that, um, then you can really show up um, in your fullness and dig in with the people that you do life with in real life. I just really believe in their real life, in-person, um, face-to-face, um, discipleship. I love, I love internet and Instagram and all those things too, but I believe that where it's at is when we're doing shoulder to shoulder life together. Um, so show up to those places presently and then, you know, uh, make sure that it's a, a diverse table. And I say that because we can learn so much from one another. This is why, you know, God made it this way that we weren't all the same. He, if he wanted to make robots, he would have. And yeah. so he, he didn't, and he made us all so different with different cultures and backgrounds and socioeconomic levels and all the things. And we learn so much from one another when we diversify our tables wherever we are. Um, so I would say be very strategic with how you do that. Uh, but just know that it's important. It's what God's called us to. It is. All right. Last question, Rachel is, which you just kind of nudged me into how -hmm. can people, because you talked about living in different places where you didn't feel like they were super diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know like at mosaic people listening that go to mosaic church are, sometimes I call it like the mosaic bubble. We are, we have Mm -hmm. a very diverse group intentionally, all kinds of different things. It's amazing. I love that. My kids are growing up thinking that's normal, right? Mm, Yes. But I know there are people listening Mm -hmm. and I've talked to people in other parts of the country where they're like, cool, cool, cool. Good for you. But where we live, it's not like that. Yeah. How can people be intentional with creating more inclusive lives? Mm -hmm. Like what's a practical thing that they can do today? Right. So we have such an opportunity right now um, in the world that we're living with, with all the technology and we have different voices that are finally not enough, but finally being amplified in the book and publishing world. And so I would say that if you can, I mean, we have books, we have podcasts, you know, this can be your children's library or your library. I would say to bring that stuff in. So maybe you do live in a predominantly whatever neighborhood or city, you can bring those different voices in through books and through podcasts. Um, I, I have some friends where their neighborhood looks all one way and they literally have to drive to take their kids to dance in a completely different city, mm-hmm. but they make that sacrifice because they're like, if we just stay in our little bubble, it's going to be the same. We want our children to have a different experience. So they are taking the time to drive to a completely different city so that their kids can be around kids that look different than them. And yeah. so I think that, I mean, it's really, the great news is that it's up to you that right. um, it may not look like that in your city, but you have all these different mediums and that you can bring into your home um, and, and really diversify. So to me now, Kristen, I believe we have no excuse now. Yeah. 
I'm with you. It's a lot easier to, mm-hmm. I love that you said, bring them in, like bring yeah. the voices into your home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I, like I said, like we all want control of something and I'm like, this is something that you have control of. Maybe you can't move out of your certain city right now, or maybe that's not the option for you, but you can definitely bring voices in. You can definitely do that You could, through the different things that are available to us. Now, years and years and years ago, I do think it was a bit harder. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Well, and I think even talking to our kids or the people mm-hmm. in our home or the people around us about, mm-hmm. like, it's one Absolutely. thing, right, to bring it in. Let's yes. have the representation there. Let's have faces mm-hmm. and voices and... Mm-hmm. you know, a library of diversity, but also Mm -hmm. let's talk about how we're doing this intentionally. I think sometimes there's a fear in that too, of like, I'm going to sneak it in, but I'm not going to talk about it. No, you can, you can talk about it. Yeah. You absolutely have to talk about it because otherwise, and it doesn't really take shape and form and get embedded in the hearts of those in your, in your house. Uh, You got to have the harder conversations if that, if need be, or you need to have the conversations of why it's important that you have the book in the house in the first place. Right. Exactly. And then, I mean, I believe in breaking bread. I mean, Jesus did this often. And and that's when we're shoulder to shoulder with people, that changes us. And so, yes, books, podcasts, but like you need to in real life figure out what that will look like for you and your family. And I think no better way, whether you're inviting people into your home and breaking bread or you're going somewhere else, you need to get shoulder to shoulder in real life some way. Um, to where that can really, you can see a different experience than yours. Um, But there's many ways to do that, but that's definitely a start. Yeah. That's a great, simple start. Everybody can, can do today if they're not already. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much for your time. It's been so great having you here today. Mm -hmm. Friends, we will link up all of the things that Rachel talked about in the show notes. So make sure you can check those out and Hey, share this episode with someone. If somebody popped to mind while you were listening, share it with them, maybe let them know again, you can say the things, tell them why you're sharing this episode with them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, Rachel, hopefully we'll see you at camp well soon. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me (laughs) on today, Kristen. (laughs) I had so much fun today. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Bye.